As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's Wednesday, December 23rd. Happy Festivus. I got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. I'm Jay Skeetson alongside me. As always, he's back here today. Tass Mellis. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, Tass. Here we got young Santa himself, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Oh, oh, 
Hey! Yo, yo, yo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend! Mm. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, he is our Rick Rubin. It's JD. <laughs> Young Santa and Freaky Reindeer together at last. I can't believe it. <laughs> what a jam. Yes, it's a holiday tradition here with the show. We got to drop Christmas bars. So we went next level with the Beastie Boys inspired Young Santa Reindeer Freak. Merry Xmas to your mom. It's naughty, but it's so nice. Guys, thanks for joining us. Shout out to the stream team. If you are on YouTube, like and subscribe. That's all we ask. Hit that notification button too so you know when we're going live. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoDunksInc. Email us your NBA questions and comments to NoDunks at TheAthletic.com. Go grab yourself some sweet No Dunks merch at NoDunks.com. We got JD and Trey rocking the Ho 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 Dunks featuring Young Santa, who's about to go platinum with that jam. <laughs> uh, and if you're looking for a last-minute gift, may I suggest uh, an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and do what you got to do. Hook up uh, a friend, a family member, whoever, with the uh, last-minute subscription to The Athletic. What a deal. If they are a sports fan, trust me, they're going to love it. All right. We're back. Basketball's back in our lives, and uh, we're going to break down last night's games, and then we will look ahead to tonight's crazy schedule. 13 games on. We'll have a pick em. JD's got Tweet of the Night. But this is also a tradition, really, at the start of a season, gentlemen. We play a little It's Just One Game But, where we just completely overreact to 48 minutes from a particular game. We'll start with the Warriors-Nets. The Brooklyn Nets dismantled the Warriors 125-99. to in the first game of the season. So let's completely overreact, Tass. Where do you want to start? It's just one game, but what do you have? I think it's fitting to overreact because it seemed like the entire internet was overreacting to watching (laughs) a basketball game. It's like they've never seen a basketball game before, but I'll, (laughs) I'll jump in on it. It's just one game, but Kevin Durant will... Not win the MVP. He won't because the Nets are going to be too good. They're going to be blowing teams out in the first half that he's not even going to have to play in the second half. That's how good he's going to be. Uh, no, I uh, I picked Kevin Durant to be my MVP uh, because I think just the, the fact that he hasn't been around for a long time, people kind of forgot how good uh, KD is. I'm like mm-hmm. Dr. Dre and Slim Shady here. You guys are inspiring me. People <laughs> forgot, forgot about KD. Um, <laughs> thanks for the inspiration, boys. Uh, uh, I, I just think that at the Nets, I know they looked fantastic last night, and, and I do legitimately think Kevin Durant can win it. I don't think uh, he's even feeling all that great uh, at this point. Like, like He looks good. Um, he's so comfortable getting his shot off at any point when there's a hand in his face, no problem. But I just say he's not 100% because he was 7 of 16. He was missing bunnies. Uh, but him you know, floating to the baseline, getting that shot off, pull-up threes, the dunks. And I think we also forget about the, the defensive side of the ball. He had a big block, slamming that ball into the backboard. He had a, a charge that he took. Uh, people forget also that he's you know 7 foot and he plays the 4. He's going to play some 5. When all is said and done for Steve Nash's team, I'm not just going to say, "Hey, the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the conference," um, because I, I do think they kind of have to get it def- get it together defensively, and they were playing a shorthanded Warriors team. But KD, day one, the best player on the Nets, even if Kyrie had a better night, and uh, he's back, baby, and, and he is not injured whatsoever. It feels good to be watching Kevin Durant play ball again because it's it's like no other watching experience in the NBA. KD is one of a kind with how great he is. So it was awesome. 
I saw this question going around on Twitter last night from this blowout game. And Lee, I'll start with you. You know, was this more of a good omen for the Nets moving forward or, you know, a sign of bad things to come for the Warriors? If you have to go one way or the other, I'm sure it's a combination of both. It always is the case. Yeah. But if you have to pick one or the other, is this like, wow, KD, Kyrie, and the Nets looking scary, scary good? Or the flip side of it, like, uh-oh, with no Dream on there, of course no Clay, uh, just Steph offensively and what they really, the not much of a defensive effort as well, that the Warriors are in trouble. Like, which way do you go here? Well, I'll go with the Warriors first, uh, but Draymond Green was also missing last night. Obviously, he's a huge part of their defensive identity, but I just thought they were, were very, very bad last night. Steph Curry, of course, we know he's a fantastic player, but other than that, they got really... No uh, good contributions from anybody. And defensively, I mean, you know, talk about that big baseline dunk Kevin Durant had. I mean, Pascal came out and just basically uh, escorted him to the basket there. He went in for the <laughs> right dunk. Right this way, I mean, sir. <laughs> yeah. The, the, and, and, that, that, and Steve Kerr talked about this after the game. He said their competitiveness and their defensive intensity just was not there. And then that's the thing. I mean, it was, it was a pretty much the ideal start there for Steve Nash and the, and the Nets because it was more a glorified practice run, really, for them. There was no pressure on them at all. <laughs> sure. And, and, you know, again, Draymond Green is going to improve their defense but not to the point where last night was like, okay, they're going to be a, an instant contender when Draymond Green comes back. They've got a lot of other problems out there. Now, they've got some young guys. They've got some inexperienced guys. James Wiseman started. I thought he was okay for a rookie in his first game. Yeah. But those sorts of things, like the defensive intensity, you know, that's not going to come in game two or game three. That's that's years and years of sort of learning a system and learning how to play in the NBA. So, you know, guys like Kelly Oubre, who was their signing, offensively, he, you know, he did a couple of things. He didn't shoot the ball all that well, but... They do need some more defensive presence out there, and I think that's the thing with the Warriors going forward. Obviously, Clay Thompson's out for the season. He's a very good defender. He's an experienced defender, and they're not going to get him back. Uh, so that's where I worry for the Warriors. I just, yeah. I think, I, I, I think this was bad. I think we we expected the Nets to be good, and they were good. But also, this game was over, and well, you know what? This game was over in the second quarter. So um, yes. you know, you, there's not a whole lot you can sort of really take out of that from the Nets side until you see them going up against a much stronger defensive team. Yeah, awesome start, though, of course, for KD and Kyrie, the entire Nets team. I mean, they got a deep roster over there as well. So Tass feeling pretty good about the uh, KD for MVP pick early after, uh, yeah, one game. Despite, like you said, not even having the best, I guess, stat line. It was just so easy, uh, flawless. Uh, just yeah, like, the Warriors have no one to rhythm. guard him, too. No, nobody. Not a, not a chance. Yeah, so that's a part of it. I mean, Draymond Green would have made a big difference for this Warriors team. Uh, Trey, overreact, my man. What are you going uh, the Warriors are going to miss the playoffs this year. You guys already hit on all of it, and I don't necessarily know that it's an overreaction. Steph Curry, I don't think he's going to be enough to lift this Warriors team past the wild card. I don't know if bringing back Draymond Green when he returns from uh, his timeout is even going to be enough because there's just not enough shooting around Steph Curry without Klay Thompson playing there and their defense, like you guys are saying, it don't make up for it. Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, they're making $48 billion this season. <laughs> they went 2 of 12 from 3 last night. You said, Lee, that uh, Kelly Oubre did a few things offensively, and uh, he made a smart play yesterday by having his baskets actually be 100% highlight baskets yeah. because, <laughs> yeah. you know, Oubre is really sliding by here. Everybody is crushing Wiggins today, no doubt about it, but Kelly Oubre went 3 for 14 he just had the dunk of the night. So, you know, you were willing to let him slide on this one a little bit. But <laughs> Ubre was pretty bad. Wiggins was pretty bad. Like you said, Wiseman, actually all right. In his first start after having no preseason, barely playing any college basketball. 
stroking the uh, the three ball, hit a yeah. couple of other longer jumpers, looked like he was moving well out there, didn't necessarily look like he had his NBA timing, going up to catch lobs, things like that. But yeah. if the Warriors are going to have any chance of making it to the sixth seed or higher, I think they almost have to go full James Harden with Steph Curry. Just give him the ball and run pick and roll every single time, whether it be with Wiseman or Draymond whenever he gets back. But... You know, having Steph Curry play off the ball while Andrew Wiggins is handling up top, that's a no for me, Doug. <laughs> yeah, it's weird thinking back on this game. It's like I can remember Curry scoring. I remember an Oubre dunk or two. I remember Wiseman scoring like a handful of times. And I feel like that's it. Like, yep. I don't know how they got 99 points. It's like, where did the rest of them come? But they <laughs> Steph Curry had 10 assists. Right. Mm. Uh, Ten other shots were made besides Steph? I don't know. It's very weird. Uh, Yeah, rough, rough, rough start for uh, most of these guys. It's not like Curry had an incredible game either. Two for ten from uh, distance, obviously rough. But Lee, where are you going? I I have a feeling we got to get here to Wiggins talk, as Trey uh, alluded to. What's your your overreaction? Uh, Abandon Wiggins Island immediately. (laughs) Immediately. You can't abandon the island. Once you're on the island, you're stuck, man. That's the thing. Um, so, So coming into the season, one of the predictions I'm on this show is that I think that Andrew Wiggins I can envision a scenario where Andrew Wiggins actually leads the Warriors only the Warriors not the league in scoring and considering look in the first two minutes he had two three-pointers one of them was so wide open it was unbelievable the other one was fairly wide open the first one and so I actually I actually think I was right in my prediction in, in that the Warriors need him and are going to look to him to score he just couldn't do it that's the problem he just couldn't do it <laughs> And, and there was, okay, you missed a couple of threes. Okay, fine. That's fine. But then he had the baseline drive, and I think that's what prompted a tweet from you there, Skeetsy, saying, you know, it's going to be hard for him to lead the team in scoring if he can't hit a layup. shot, yeah. And then he had a sort of alley-oop, which he, maybe he was a little bit too far away to oop it, but he, he kind of went up and just lost the ball immediately to Kevin Durant. And then he had another sort of floater in the lane that missed and just clunked off. And uh, this was like, it couldn't have been a worse situation for Andrew Wiggins there last night, because honestly... He is their second most lethal scorer at that team right now. Yeah. Um, and, and so the Warriors are basically like, yeah, we need you to be our guy to score. We need you to go out there and do it. They gave him the opportunities. They put him in the position to score, but he was just awful, just absolutely awful. So in, in some ways, you hope that this is a situation where it's like, okay, flush that one down the toilet, come back to the next game. Because again, uh, they need him back. They need him to be scoring. Because if, he, if he's not doing that, then he's almost no point in having him on the court. Um, so it, it's a, it's a bad situation, but it was fun. It was fun on Twitter last night. I got roasted by a few <laughs> <was> people. <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, the situation is there that the Warriors basically are like, listen, you're athletic. You can get to the rim. You're going to get three pointers. You have to hit some of them. You have yeah, to hit yeah. some of them. Yeah. Um, and, and he wasn't able to do that last night. But it's fun. It's fun, isn't it, being on Wiggins Island? It's well, fun. It, no, it's dreadful, man. It's it's, it's horrible. Like, yeah, I got a like sunburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, we're running but out of coconuts already. It's horrible. Uh, uh, he's got that ability. Uh, it's kind of a bit like Jeff Green, I guess. That something just sort of lures you to sort of feel like maybe it's time. Maybe he's just going to shake this off and, and break out of it. But uh, he wasn't able to do it last night. And I, and I honestly, I felt bad for him because it was the first game. And from the very first tip and from the first two minutes of the game, he clunked those shots. He was trending worldwide on Twitter 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel bad for him. I hope he doesn't check Twitter. I hope he can shake it off and be better in the next game. But I, I think, hope I think he's not on Twitter. You're already game. seeing people saying he's not even the best Canadian on the Warriors. <laughs> and it's like, yikes. Uh, you got Mulder there. Uh, oh, so yeah. You mentioned uh, Jeff Green, Lee. Great tweet from Ben Dietrich who said, Jeff Green standing across the court from Andrew Wiggins like the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> it's crazy, man. You saw Jeff Green get a dunk last night for the yeah. Nets. He's going to be the first guy that has uh, a highlight tape at the end of his career Jeff Green's dunk from every NBA team 30 dunks from 30 teams oh, the guy's wow. everywhere I guess Wiggins can make a run at it because like you're saying he's gonna have shots because the other team is gonna give him shots I think the guy is too muscled up right now he doesn't have great flexibility to begin with and now he's all bulked up he looks like a jacked <laughs> Nick Batum I don't know both of Nick Batum and Wiggins seeing them with their new bodies I was like these guys' heads must be shrinking. I don't know what's going on out there, but uh, that was discouraging from Wiggins. Yeah. Like, he went baseline for a dunk. There was nobody by yeah. the rim. He goes up for a layup and botches it. I yeah. remember when we used to say, let's get this guy in the slam dunk contest. He almost threw down a 720 from the free throw line in practice. Now he's botching layups. Come on, man. Dunk yeah. it. Dunk yeah. it. Yeah, look, I mean, as we know on Wiggins Island, for whatever reason, there's a bunch of Subway sandwich shops. So, Lee, the only way we're getting off this island is we got to just make a bunch of, like, uh, six-inch or 12-inch subs, and we got to, like, string them together, like, using plastic straws and, like, build a raft to get off. Ain't nobody coming to get us. Man. We're oh, so- no. Once you're on Wiggins Island, you're there for life. All but right? why, why does he even get people to come to the island? That's the real because question. Because he's going to have, uh, in two or three weeks' time, here uh yeah. three game sample where he won't miss those threes yeah, and he'll exactly. he'll go five for six he'll might be he'll maybe catch a body in surprise tracker he will dunk on the he'll entice us and then we'll be like oh this island's great yeah. everybody's gonna be coming that's because, what happens look his mechanics are fine when he shoots he looks yeah. comfortable he gets his feet set he gets into position and it's just like oh my god come on man now knock one of those down because i was hoping for the opposite i was hoping you might have like an 18 point first half and i'm like see i told you guys i told you guys and instead it was That's just the island like, quality cool. man uh, but does he look does he look muscly i i, I think he looks exactly the same yeah, i think he I, may I have did. been inflated there, there for training camp there was definitely photos out of training camp where he looked like he was jacked but about I, out on the court last night he didn't actually it didn't sort of look quite as big his yeah. shoulders are broader yeah the yeah. shoulders are a bit big yeah. I mean my favorite photo from the training camp the training camp era is his shoulders inflated like he's LeBron James you know the photoshop <laughs> yeah. of LeBron monstrous they've done that to Andrew Wiggins where he looks huge but he just looked like a normal guy and if you're on an island you have all the time in the world to work out, man. I'm not no, sure yeah. why he's not bigger. You could be bigger. The, the weird part is Andrew Wiggins is a question mark, as he is every year. I feel like Kelly Oubre, yeah, he's skating by, as Trey said, but he can't be a question mark. And I think coming into this season, he's been traded twice already. Uh, there's been lots of rumors about him uh, in his career about you know not being an extremely great player on their team or not, not fitting in well. And there's a reason why he has been traded uh, a couple times. If you have two question marks on the wings on this team where you have Clay Thompson out, I mean, they're done. Kelly Oubre has to be a, a, a difference maker. He's got to be good uh, or else, they're, yeah. yeah, they're they're done. It, it sure feels like that. Like Draymond Green's going to help out, uh, get everybody in the right position and everything. But if you're, your starting wings are going to float in and out, then... Good night, especially in the Western Conference. That's so tough. 
Let's go back to Brooklyn. Let me overreact. It's just one game, but the Nets do not need James Harden. I can't believe I'm saying it, but that's the whole point of this segment. I don't think they need him. And that's wild because he's incredible. He's one of the best players in the game. But the Nets, as we saw last night in one game, small sample size, man, that is a deep bullpen uh, that Steve Nash and and that uh, coaching staff can go to. They've got a lot of solid to above average NBA players behind their stars. And oh yeah, they already have two of them. Do you need a third? Nah, that's old news. You don't need the uh, three-headed monster anymore. You just go with the duo now. It's back to NBA Jam style in the NBA. But I'm half joking, but I'm also not because they, like, there was a particular play in the first half. Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, pick and roll, sort of up in the side on the corner. Dinwiddie finds Allen, who's, you know, in the middle. He's got to make a decision in a Draymond Green-like spot. Joe Harris in the other corner. Nice pass, right on the money, splash, wide open three. Those three guys, you know, some of those guys would be in a James Harden trade. I don't think Harris would be, but Dinwiddie for sure. Probably Allen, the Rockets would want back. And then, oh yeah, Karis LeVert, who was the third best player last night for the Nets, 29-5 and off the bench. Uh, When we were making our predictions, I said, I don't know who's going to win six man, because I don't know if Dinwiddie's starting or Karis LeVert is starting. So whoever doesn't, that's my sixth man. So I guess it's LeVert after one game. Steve Nash, you know, talking him up about being a Ginobili-like difference maker coming off the bench and closing games and close games and stuff like that. Awesome start. So I don't know about you guys. I know, Trey, you're a a man of the stars. You love Harden too. But would you even admit, like, the role players on the Nets, after one game, that's a nice fit they have around those guys with DeAndre being a big, Jared Allen being a big, all the wings. Like, they're third... Their third, um, you know, rotation, if you want to call it that, like their scrub guys are guys that are actually like would be like the ninth or tenth guy on a lot of teams, like probably Kurix and TLC and, and Brown. The garbage even. time guys were playing playoff minutes last year. Yeah. So like this is a deep, deep team. Um, so I think there's no way if you're Sean Marks that you make a hardened trade now. I think you at least owe it to what you have right there with your staff. And this roster to say, let's see how we start. Because if they start, you know, you know, nine and one or fourteen and two or whatever it is, then you don't want to probably mess with the chemistry you got going with the sage burning of Kyrie and Katie looking good. I, they're going to be waiting, and uh, this is bad news if anyone for the Rockets, who if they want to move Harden and he wants to go to Brooklyn, well, Brooklyn's just going to keep taking pieces off the board here to make a potential trade because they're, in my mind, in no rush to make it happen. I don't know what you think, Trey. Well, you don't win championships by going nine and two in December and January. And this is going to be a little bit like an extended preseason at the beginning of the season. We definitely need to remember this Nets game, though, because this is as good as they can look. They looked perfect. Like we're talking about Kevin Durant could win MVP. He might not have even been the best player on the Nets last night because like you're saying, saging works. I'm starting it for sure around (laughs) here. Kyrie was in his bag when he hit that pull up from the side logo there. You're like, oh, my goodness, this team looks unbeatable. Surely they'll be beatable. They'll have a bad couple of weeks and we'll be like, oh man, look at the chemistry. It's terrible out there. File this one away in your brain. I'll stay, still take the star skeets. I picked the yeah. Nets in the finals because I think that their team is completely underrated because we're looking at them through the lens of, are they worth it for James Harden? Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. I would still rather have James Harden. He's an MVP. He puts your team in the playoffs every year. I don't know if that's necessarily the case with the Nets though. They have been making the playoffs every year with those guys, the maybe not title contender status. Uh, but yeah, those guys have become completely underrated because of who they might be play, uh, might be traded for. Furthermore, you know, everybody says, all right, they're bringing back 
uh, Katie and Kyrie. That's awesome for the offense. Who's going to play defense? The Nets finished ninth in defensive efficiency last season. I think we're just kind of forgetting that the Nets have been able to be a competitive, well-organized team for the past couple of years. Obviously, mm. Steve Nash is now the coach there. Surprises me every time they show him on the sideline. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly right. You know, we're so hyped for what the Nets look like on the court. It's easy to forget. Steve Nash is there supposedly telling people what to do. Yeah, Nets looked great last night, but... You know, you're 10th and 11 men. They're not going to be playing in the playoffs, but James Harden would be. Yeah, that's fair. And I think Brooklyn needs to avoid the mistake that the Clippers maybe made last season. And that is like, don't pretend like you've already won the championship because of the star power you have and the deep roster you have. Like, you got to earn your way into that championship conversation by what you actually do on the damn floor. And don't just like hold yourself uh, in this sort of championship esteem. Now, KD's got titles. Kyrie's got titles. I get that. They've been there and got a couple. Same had been true for Kawhi, though. I just want them to sort of like pretend like they're a weird underdog because of everyone like that have piled on Kyrie before, that doubted KD coming back from the injury after 550 regular days off or whatever. Use that, and maybe it helps that Nash is even your coach, Lee, like a guy that never got a title, and maybe he can sort of instill that. They just can't go down that Clippers road from last year where they sort of pretended they were already, you know, a a title contender because of their roster and their makeup of their star players. Yeah, I I don't think that's a concern, though, with Kevin Durant on the roster, really. I I think he understands that the regular season, he's kind of got that LeBron mentality, I think, that, you know, the regular season is important. But it's really what happens in the playoffs. I mean, that that's what it comes down to for me with Kevin Durant. And I just think he's a different player in that sense to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as well. Kyrie, I mean, he, he's also someone who, you know, he, has, he thinks differently and speaks differently. But he's also been in those big moments. And he understands as well that it's happen, what happens in the playoffs. So yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned. I think that Clippers situation, you know, because it was the Clippers and these two guys came together... Uh, both together in that offseason, and there was a little bit of a feeling out process um, last season playing, uh, even though obviously Kevin Durant didn't play last season, but he was on that roster. And I think now they just understand what happened there in Los Angeles and they don't want it to happen there in Brooklyn. So I, I, I'm not overly concerned by that. I think uh, Steve Nash is the right guy to sort of manage these because he's worked with Kevin Durant before. So I think they'll understand that. And uh, and, and that's something that I think the, the Nets are going to uh, take the approach this season of like, Let's just get through the regular season. Whether we finish second, first, third, doesn't really matter. It's what's going to happen in the playoffs. That's where we're going to uh, really show if we're a, a team that's a true title contender. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, Tass, what did you think of the broadcast last night? I know there was a lot of people on Twitter upset with uh, the audio being all out of sorts. Felt like you could sort of hear the missed shot before you saw the missed shot. Uh, and obviously, these guys are being asked. I'm talking about the, the men and women that are putting the broadcast on with TNT and eventually ESPN. Like... You know, you're remote, you've got broadcasters in different parts of the country, you know, how many, you got some remote cameras, all that, but like, what did you think overall? Did they do a fair job, the appearance of it all, what they did with the arena? What's your take? I thought they needed some more saging. First first question, <laughs> did, was there saging pre-game with Kyrie? Because I didn't see any footage they of that. They didn't show it, did they? Yeah. I think no. he's planning on saging opponents. On gyms. the road. Yeah, because yeah, they had a home game, so I guess theoretically he's... Just saging off camera at all times. <laughs> I don't know. Though. There's got to be some bad spirits in the Barclays Center, too. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. True. Maybe he's doing in the locker room where he's doing it hours before pregame. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very difficult task for them to... Marv and Chris Weber there on the first broadcast. To, I think they did a good job of drumming up excitement, but it's it's also strange hearing... I've, you know, JD, correct me if I'm wrong, but these guys are on a mic, and their mic has no feedback whatsoever. No, No 
uh, no sound coming in like a, like a regular arena where you have some fans in the background. And so that just seemed, it seemed silent when they talked. And so that kind of, for me, kind of sucked the life out of the game. I know the yeah. arena's uh, kind of quiet in and of itself, but I think like the way they pump in audio for the for the arenas to some degree, I think you kind of have to do that for the mics too. And yeah, they're a little delayed. I don't, I don't know how much you can do about that, uh, but I think you yeah. just got to pump up the sound. I think that's just the important part. Audio is everything, JD. Uh, and the video, I think, was pretty good. I think that the league has sent down you know, the protocols to try and make it look like the bubble uh, to, to every every arena to try and, you know, get rid of the empty seats. I think Barclays did a really, really good job of that, of, uh, you know, putting, you know, their logos o- over the seats. And also on, on the near side, they, they made it all black like it was a center field of a baseball game. <laughs> oh, wow. I went to the guy. I asked the yeah. guy about the audio and the technical elements that uh, is struggling here on the show the last couple of yeah. days I had him on. Oh, Tassie is straight up frozen. We'll get him back. But what did you think, Trey? With regards to uh, the the presentation, they're in a tough spot, man. Calling a game remotely, it's no different than us watching it at home and talking with people. And you're trying to work out which player is that. And did the ball actually go through their legs on that nutmeg attempt? I thought yeah. that was hilarious when we ran back a, a highlight that just wasn't the perfect thing. Look, it's obviously not ideal to have uh, broadcasters calling the game remotely but it's also a whole lot safer. So we got to deal with it. I'm not going to complain. I was just happy to have basketball back last night. It feels like the season started right away. It feels like there was no time off, and then it hit 4 o'clock yesterday. I'm like, what is taking so long? (laughs) I'm just walking around the house. I'm like, Isla, what do you think about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant getting together on the court? You think Kyrie's going to post up too much? She's like, I don't know. Can we watch My Little Pony? No, we can't. (laughs) We got to do some scouting here, but... They finally came back. There were some tough moments, no doubt, on the yeah. broadcast. But I'm also not uh, entirely convinced that my audio wasn't messed up as well. I kind of felt like my audio was lined up perfectly, which means it must have been totally out of phase. Like, uh, like oh. my, when my when the ball was hitting the rim, it was hitting right on for me. But I think oh. that that must have been that mine was messed up. Mine was the one that was messed up. Uh, yeah. I fixed it. Oh, yeah, interesting. Lee, did you have any problems? Oh, same sort of things what you guys are saying. There's, it's it's kind of frustrating um, because you, you know, like you, you understand the circumstances right now. Any basketball is better than no basketball, and these are the sorts of things we just have to accept and deal with for the time being. But when you're watching the game, and the game, you know, it kind of sucked as well. So like yeah. it was hard to sort of stay yeah. focused on the game, and then the the audio was kind of annoying as well. So it was kind of like oh, okay, not not a great start, not a great start. Let's hope that the Clippers and Lakers game is a little bit better. But again. Yeah, considering all the circumstances right now, uh, it was just fun to have basketball back, meaningful games back again. And honestly, seeing Kevin Durant out there again, I mean, that's really what it was for me. It was He's such a great basketball player, you know, uh, to see him out there just in his full flow again. Looked like he was enjoying the game. Didn't look like he was enjoying his post-game interview there with yeah. the TNT crew. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, again, for what we do for a living, to see some of the best players in the world actually at their best last night. And Kyrie had a couple of moves there with the handles going where he was looking pretty sexy. Those are the things that I'm, I'm taking out of the game rather than those little minor frustrations that we had with the uh, actual uh, broadcast of it. Oh, look, let's be honest, too. They're asking Marv Elbert to do this remotely. Marv Elbert is an 80-year-old man. <laughs> you know, do not forget that. And I'm sorry, he has lost his fastball over the years when he was in person because he's getting up there in age. So now you're asking him, he's in a, obviously some other like booth somewhere and his, his uh, you know, co-announcer or whatever, play-by-play, or yeah, excuse me, color commentator is like somewhere else. 
That's a big ask because I thought it was I thought it was a little smoother with Harlan, right? And I just think that's because he's you know he's honestly just a a younger guy and maybe just like he's on it a little bit more. So I thought it was a little more jarring on the Marv call um, because it's he's being asked to do something he's probably never done uh, in his life before. Uh, again, at the age of eighty, after doing it for like what sixty years one way, and then you're like, no, no, now you're just going to be calling it in a in this closet here. Just watch this uh, television <laughs> screen. Like that's that is a big ask. Um, yeah, but you, you said- still got to wear a suit. I like that. The yeah. commentators. <laughs> We're all wearing suits. The coaches yeah. aren't. The players aren't. Yeah. These guys are dressed up. They're looking that's good. That's right. That's right. You got to look good on television. Uh, that's why we uh, our show got canceled. Um, <laughs> you said the inside the NBA clouding KD's postgame interview. Uh, Tass, I believe you're back. Did you catch that? Um, you know, KD was quite frank, especially with the Charles Barkley question. That was a horrible question. He God, set him yeah. up for a yes or no answer. So KD dropped him with a yes. Though, that said, usually these guys, you know, they say a little bit more, but he was just curt. And then, as soon as they wrap up the interview, of course, uh, the inside guys run with it and make it a gag, which I thought was actually pretty funny. Uh, but what did you think? Or do we need to Inside worry? the NBA is back. Yeah, that was funny. That was really good. <laughs> I actually didn't see it. My internet wasn't working last night, so I didn't see it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so strange. Yeah, the guys were in a good mood. The inside the NBA guys from... Yep. Opening tip, um, well, pregame, I should say. They had their their, their pregame. Uh, they had their Dua Lipa. And, <laughs> and Tass has gone again. <laughs> I did like uh, cha- uh, Charles and Shaq basically grilling everybody in their postgame interviews. They wouldn't let Duran off the hook. They didn't let Paul George off the hook, really. Yeah. I didn't think after the Lakers-Clippers game. Maybe these guys are getting into their capital J journalism bags here. It's going to be exciting <laughs> to see, but I don't know. I, I do like the interaction between them and the players, especially with guys like Kevin Durant and Paul George, who, you know, everybody's been wanting to talk to after the way the the off-season transpired. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, well, let's move over to the Clippers-Lakers game here. Uh, It was the nightcap. Lee, I got to know right away, did you stay up and watch it, or did you catch it this morning? First half last night, second half this morning. Okay, yeah. okay. That's, I've got to ease into the season as well. You hey, know. <laughs> sure, I understand. Well, Paul George, he scored a game-high 33 points. Kawhi added 26 as the Clippers got the 116-109 victory over their bitter rivals there in L.A. over the Lakers. <laughs> uh, Trey, get us started, though. Let's overreact. Um, you can either go on the court or off the court, whatever you want. What do you, what do you got? Well, I think it's funny, Skeets, how you mentioned the bitter rivals between the Lakers and the Clippers because... You know, we've seen now, since Paul George and Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers, we've now seen three season debut games, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Opening night last night, bubble opening, and opening night last season. And we saw Lakers Clippers in every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Now we got Kawhi Leonard, or Kawhi Leonard hasn't signed yet. Paul George, long-term there. Anthony Davis, long-term Laker. 
LeBron, long-term Laker. We're going to be seeing Lakers Clippers on opening night for the next five seasons and any restarts we may be doing. But is it, is it, is it a rivalry? Because the Lakers unveiled their championship banner last night, but they've got so many of them that they didn't even have to unveil their championship banner. They're just saying, hey, we're going to wait until the fans get here. You know what it's like celebrating championships. But since the fans couldn't be there, the Lakers had to do something very special. So it's just one championship celebration. But family ring night is an absolute keeper for me. Mm. I thought this was so cool seeing all the Lakers families sending in their video messages to the players on the team, congratulating them on last season's championship and getting their gigantic rings this year. I love seeing Markeith Morris's daughter just screaming at the top of her lungs. I was like, yep, you're Markeith Morris's daughter. What a great family. Marcus is there playing for the Clippers, videotaping his brother getting his ring. These guys got each other's backs. They got each other's back tattoos. I love it. Also, great seeing Giannis wishing Kostas a championship. Congratulations. Let's get more rings. Let's get more rings. Specifically me. I would be the one who would want to have the rings. I thought that was great. And LeBron's sons, I thought, were also very funny, too. Just the fact that they're like, this guy's been the greatest since we've been watching basketball. Another championship. It's a perfect mix for uh, them to be celebrating a LeBron Lakers championship. They're like, whatever. It's like uh, if you're a really rich person, you know, I've been watching um, the Marvel movies a lot lately. I've been keeping track of Tony Stark's cars. The license plates changed. He just had one that said Stark 23. So I'm like, he's got at least 23 cars. When you get to that many, you're like, you can just send a picture of it. I'll show it to you when you come over. That's what the Lakers are doing with their championship banner. They're like, you know what it looks like. It's just going to say 2020. It looks like the other 16 we've got. We changed the numbers. I don't know. I thought for a night when the Lakers weren't 100% into the game. There was a reason behind it. And the ring ceremony, it was great. You know, eventually fans are going to be back in the building, but ah, I don't know. I like seeing their families introduce them a lot more than I like seeing Adam Silver or even their teammates introduce them because these their family members are the people who have been supporting him for their entire careers, their yeah. entire lives, right? Like, it's got to be crazy for Gloria James to say, yeah, I gave birth to LeBron. I remember how hard it was when we were three years old. Now this guy's winning his fourth championship yeah. for the most famous uh, team in the NBA. It was awesome to see, and it was fun for everybody, I thought. Yeah, I think you got to give a little shout out to the Phoenix Suns for sort of starting this whole thing, right? Weren't they the first team in the bubble to come up with the uh, family introductions for the squad? And then we saw mm-hmm. other teams do it. I know the Raptors did it. And then, yeah, Lakers taking it next level. I- I'm with you. This is a keeper. It's like the guys' faces, I'm talking about the players, like they just all light up too, like when they're seeing, you know, their adorable family for the most part uh, s- congratulate daddy on the ring and stuff like that. So, uh, um, so good. Well, I mean, not all, <laughs> not all of them had kids. Is my point. Uh, yeah, most of, like, most look, of them. Bronny Erwin Orosio brings it up. Um, Bronny, not the happiest of, of kids. L- little Bronny, just kind of like, oh, why am I doing this? He didn't say anything, but he just kind of slouched. Oh, I thought Bryce was even more yeah. hilarious. Like he, he's the one doing all the talking, and he's like, yeah, all right, congrats. When man. Bronny did speak, though, <laughs> he sounded just like LeBron. I thought his yeah, voice yeah. was just like him. Um, Zuri saved it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but also having some kids from the I Promise School there as well. That was having, cool. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. It, well, it was. It was so well done by the Lakers. They've, they've done a great job in a tough year in all their ceremonies that they've had. And I thought last night, Trey hit it on it all there, though. They they just knocked yeah. that out of the park. It was so well done. And it's going to be very hard to go from that next year to maybe Adam Silver handing out uh, the, the silverware because it's not the same. 
it doesn't have that same value? Is it coming from their little kids screaming, getting their face on the big screen, having a great time? Why can't you do both? Why can't you you have the the videos and then Adam Silver eat, gives them each a ring? I mean, mm. he, it's just it's really the same thing. Like Adam yeah, Silver yeah. doesn't do much, but what I was confused with, a lot of the guys took their rings put it on their ring finger. Oh, it doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that too. There, there was a lot of moving it around. You know what they got fitted? Yeah. I'm so confused by that. And why would you get the pinky ring? I I, I don't get that. You know? You want to be pinky ringing a, a championship ring? That seems strange to me. Yeah, I guess LeBron is the only one you could justify for the pinky ring because it's number four. If yeah. it's good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And I, I like how Giannis Tetkumpo wasn't too, uh, I, I guess, too proud to, to not do it for Costas, you know? Because yeah, yeah. I, I think but it was, the per- it was the perfect balance of like, we're proud of you, bro, but also I'm going to get mine too. So don't, don't you worry. You got the lead right now. I loved it. I thought it was perfect. Oh, uh, Bucks fans must be absolutely thrilled that Giannis has already signed oh. his next deal because <laughs> yeah. if he's showing up in a Lakers <laughs> championship celebration yeah. video with that deal unsigned, <laughs> good, no. good oh, he signed that dotted line. So we're all on board with the uh, yeah family ring night. Got to keep that moving forward. It's just so, so fun. Uh, but let's get to the game and let's overreact. Let's get back to that. Tass, let's see if the Wi-Fi, let's put it to the test here. Uh, why don't you get us started? What's your overreaction from the Clippers-Lakers game? Uh, first thing you got to do to bring your Wi-Fi back, reboot your computer. <laughs> I, I called in to to tech service they said yeah. um unplug it sir restart it <laughs> it, it works it works time. man yeah um uh, well for me the overreaction is paul george is the clippers best player and it's got to be the hair he braided it out mm, baby yeah. look at that oh looking tight he's it's time to take it serious we got to braid this thing he looked incredible and it's the thing to do on the clippers just like Kawhi leonard uh let me overreact to this uh, it's just one game, but Kawhi Leonard is Jewish. <laughs> yeah. He's got a menorah on his head. As, as, as watching, it like everyone's seen a menorah in Kawhi's braids, or is it just me? <laughs> now I can't unsee it. No, uh, I know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like Anthony Davis and LeBron, there's going to be some games where Anthony Davis is better. Uh, you know, in the finals, it could have been Anthony Davis's finals MVP. So Paul George is going to have some games where he's, you know, quote unquote better, having a better night than Kawhi like he did on this night. Uh, but I think to me, those two dudes uh, are just taking this seriously. And it's easy to overlook that they didn't really have a camp last season because Paul George was coming off shoulder surgery, coming in game one, um, and they're focused. They're, they're ready to win from the get-go. And uh, I think their, their lineup looks you know, a little bit, a little bit um, better, even though they didn't have Marcus Morris in there. I, I think Luke Kennard makes a big difference, just having another ball handler because – People out there saying, oh, they don't have a point guard. They didn't address that. Luke Kennard is uh, sort of their backup point guard and, and is going to do that. And uh, Paul George isn't coming off shoulder surgery. And we'll see it in the playoffs. It's very different from playing regular season ball against the Lakers than it will be in the playoffs. Uh, that's going to be totally different. We saw mm-hmm. two totally different teams, two totally different focus levels out there. But uh, the Clippers, I think, are going to win the one seed for that reason because they're pretty close to winning the one seed last year. It's only three and a half games. Paul George was injured. Uh, lots of guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, this year they had a camp and they're focused and they were freaking embarrassed. Uh, so that's why I think regular season, speaking about that, strictly about that, I, I do think they are going to be 
the guys that have home court advantage throughout the Western Conference playoffs. Paul George winning the first Woe Boy of the season. Tweeted it out this morning. Yeah, really solid line. Super efficient. Um, hit a bunch of threes. He blew open the game, right? He had that like 10-0 stretch that sort of, uh, you know, opened it up for the Clippers. Um, they had a huge lead early on. And then, then we had some ugly basketball in the second quarter. But the Lakers got back in the game. But then, yeah, it really was Paul George and Kawhi in the second half uh, taking over. What do you got, Lee? What's your overreaction to it? Well, the Clippers faced their first test last night and they passed it. And for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned there, what the big blow up there for them in the bubble was blowing double digit leads against the Nuggets when they were up 3-1 in that series, eventually really just whimpering out there in uh, game seven. They didn't fight. And last night they had a 20 point lead in that first half and then it was gone by halftime. Yeah. And it sort of felt to me like, oh, LeBron and the, and you know, ring night often the team that is getting their rings, they do come out a little bit sluggish because it's been an emotional sort of day and night for them. And, and the Clippers came out very, very hot. And then LeBron just decided, okay, I'm going to take over now and got his team back into it. That lead was gone. And the test was going to be how the Clippers respond to that because they didn't respond well down in the bubble. But in the second half, Paul George, one of the leaders of that team, stepped up, hit some shots. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that he got some of his shots too there because he attacked his defenders. He went at Anthony Davis and went inside and just got a little looper in there. And there was other. they tried everyone on him and no one really could stop him. And that's the way it should be when you're Paul George. He should play like a superstar where it's like, it doesn't matter who's defending me. I'm a better player than you. And he got to his spots. He knocked down some shots. He was confident. And uh, and he looked like a leader out there on the floor. So I think, again, it's one game. It's the first game. It's now it's, it's already confined to the uh, history of the NBA. But at least the Clippers didn't collapse last night because if they blow a 20-point lead in their very first game of the season, <laughs> can you just imagine, you know, what they're talking Even if Paul George has still that 33-point game, it's just like uh, the Clippers just, they just can't hold on to a lead. So uh, I thought they were good last night. And I thought in that second half, again, some decent contributions outside of those bigger guys. I thought Lou Williams looked a little bit more energized last night. I thought he was bad down in the bubble. He only had 11 points in the end, but he's someone they need. And Patrick Beverly, you know what you're getting from Patrick Beverly. He, he's feisty. He's competitive. He hit a couple of shots. I think they were actually in the first half when he hit his shots. But, uh, you know, this team has got a lot to prove this season. And first game of the season, they face a test. And they actually passed that test. So yeah, uh, we said they we said they could quiet the critics here because there was going to be a lot of them if they lost these games. If they took care of the Lakers, what, like they did last year on opening night, as Trey mentioned, and if they can take care of the Nuggets, who obviously came back and, and sort of shocked the world, winning three straight there, uh, despite the Clippers having the three one lead, who they play in their next game here. I mean, the NBA just set it up for them. They said, "Here you go. Uh, do you want a bunch of headlines and a bunch of questions being asked about you right away, or do you want to shut everybody up and then we just?" have to sit and wait until the playoffs and so far so good like you said lee uh they did uh they look you know solid i thought abaka was a great addition Mm. last night i mean just being able to stretch the floor a little bit a big uh that can knock down the three abaka's he can do he has added that to his game where you have to respect it he can hit two or three a game he hit two last night five or seven overall got to line a little bit six boards had a block didn't play a ton of minutes zubat still got great minutes um but Great contributions from him. I love that addition. If he plays like that, that's a, a bit of a game changer in some series in a, uh, in the playoffs. But good win from the Clips there. I but- mean, maybe. I mean, the question is always going to be, when it comes down to it, how are the Clippers going to handle when LeBron and AD are playing mm-hmm. at four and five? Because Serge Ibaka probably is not the answer there. He wasn't the answer when he was going against LeBron in Toronto and... LeBron was spinning the ball in his face and draining threes, and I don't necessarily know that he's going to be the answer against uh, Anthony Davis as well. We saw that little jab step go baseline for the slammer jammer. Looked really nice. Anthony Davis still looking 
impressive, but it is certainly a reminder that the Clippers, despite the fact that their season ended very poorly last year and, you know, people were dunking on them for the entirety of the offseason, they're still really close to winning a championship. They're still one of the best teams in the league, and they've got such a great mix in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because Paul George, it feels like he pours on the points, right? Like his yes. points come in a hurry. It's like suddenly he's going from having seven points in the first half to having 30 in the game by the end of the third quarter. You're like, wow, that happened quickly. Whereas Kawhi Leonard, you're like barely paying attention and suddenly he ends with 26 points yep. in the game. And I just thought seeing some of the takes Kawhi had last night, his footwork was incredible. He had that one take where he just bodied Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews went flying back into the stanchion and Kawhi Turner's like, oh, I'm at the rim right now. <laughs> Simple layup. He had some uh, Michael Jordan-esque spins in the lane where he would contort his body to get the ball up on the rim. When those two are balling, it's such a good combination of somebody who heats up in a hurry and somebody who stays hot consistently that... They can pile up the points. It's just going to be a matter of, do they hit those streaks in the playoffs when it really, really matters? Yeah. And here's the Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George in the mid range. I think Serge just gives them a little bit more space there. Yeah, I think yeah. that helps. I mean, you, you're totally watching Kawhi look at Wesley Matthews in the face and saying, I'm going right by you was, uh, was cool. And also he got to the rim and, and, had no problem finishing. I think that's what the Lakers are going to miss a little bit with going to get Montrez Harrell uh, and now Marcus Soul starting in front of him rather than JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. There's just not as much rim defense. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to be the guy who finishes games and there's going to be a lot of rim defense when he's on the floor. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, it, it's a nice, I think it's just a nicer balance for the Clippers to have Zubats and Serge. Uh, Serge just got to be healthy and stay on the floor. Um, but he's, he, it's totally right. He can't guard Anthony Davis one-on-one, but he's got that overconfidence. Uh, he's got that championship pedigree. I think I think that's good for the uh, Clippers locker room. Yeah. And he's going to say, we can beat this. We can do this. And he is he is um, a, a rim deterrent. Like, if LeBron is going up against him rather than Zubats at the rim, at least Serge makes you think a little bit. And then I think uh, he's going to be the guy who has to guard AD. There is no good matchup. There is no good matchup for LeBron, but Marcus Morris – uh, will probably be that guy. Batum will take some time. Um, Kawhi it's, has it's, to be on him, obviously. In yeah, obviously, moments. yeah. So it, it's it's tough. But I think the Clippers just have a, a nicer balance with with Luke Kennard and, and Serge Ibaka. But it's funny. I mean, last year, coming into the year, do they have more talent than the Lakers? And, and, and when you think, well, when it comes down to it, the Lakers have LeBron and AD. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So Kawhi and Paul George, as much as we talk about Serge and all these guys, they have to play like, LeBron and AD at yeah. those levels yeah. to beat them in a playoff series. Yeah, and here's the other problem. It's just one game, but but the Lakers couldn't give a shit last night. <laughs> That's the other truth of the matter here. Like, good good Clippers win, but uh, Lakers didn't care. I mean, it's ring night. You said it, Lee. A lot of cases where you get those rings, your mind's somewhere else. Oh, yeah, we got to play a game. Oh, yeah, we also just finished playing basketball, what, 71 days ago or whatever they kept saying on the broadcast. There's this crazy turnaround. They're just like, uh, they did not seem invested in this game. They were sloppy. Got a bunch of new pieces that they're trying to implement, of course. Intruder and Gasol and Harrell and all that. They had 19 turnovers. And, you know, I saw Ziller point this out. Like, think about this game. It was close. But LeBron sat for most of the fourth quarter. Despite it being like, you know, it was like a 10-point game, which is nothing in the NBA. The Lakers lost by seven. LeBron didn't check back in after leaving the game with like seven minutes to go and LA down seven, that's it. You know, three possessions. 
That's weird. Well, uh, he tweaked his ankle, though, apparently. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That's my point. My point yeah. is they, they're like, go ahead, Clips, have this one. We, we really, truly don't care. That's what right. I was taking. Right. Is Mike Budenholzer coaching the Lakers? Or yeah. Why? Yeah, they, they play significantly less minutes, you know, five to seven less minutes yeah. than, than Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard. Difference. I mean, that's, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, and the Clippers took advantage of it. They got the win. I think it's going to... If this is, uh, you know, what we could see from the Lakers for a good chunk of the season, definitely hurts like an AD's chances to win an MVP or Defensive Player of the Year and stuff like that. If they limit their minutes and, and how hard they lean into that, or was this just like a first night thing, and they're like, oh, whatever, you know, we got our rings. Maybe they, maybe they were playing in their rings and I didn't notice. <laughs> that should be a rule. You should have to play in your ring if you're given the ring. But uh, Clips got it done, and like I like how you put it, Lee. You know, they passed the first test, mm. but uh, they got a long way to go here. Okay, so those are the games. Anything you guys want to add, uh, either from the actual basketball play, what was happening with the presentation, what was going on on Twitter? Uh, you know, I asked Lee this. I think you were gone, Tass. Did you stay up and watch the late game, or did you uh, you do the classic sort of maybe watch a half and catch the rest in the morning? What'd you do? I did not watch the second game. That was a, a late start of a late start. You know, they, well, they yeah, took, with the ring ceremony, yeah, yeah, they took some time, and <laughs> and, and they had uh, it went from the ring ceremony to the inside the NBA guys. I mean, that started like 10, 22, 10, 23 Eastern first half. I tuned out. Yeah. I got a, I had an early wake up call. Hotel called me at about five 30. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. What about you, Skeet? Did you stay up? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling it this morning. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You gotta get, you gotta get your, your body oh, back into that shit. rhythm of these late nights. Especially uh, as well with looking to head to tonight's calendar with 13 games. There's going to be a lot of chaos out there tonight. So uh, I don't even know what to do. Like with I know, games. I know. I, I can't I know. remember what to do. Like, I know. I, That's I the craziest thing because you can't watch like eight games at once because you're not really watching any of them. Mm-hmm. And you want to focus on one game and you just hope that one's close. But then you've got to keep your eye on of Twitter course. as well because people are saying, hey, look, Darius Garland's going off his head tonight. He's... <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I've got to tune into that one. i got to tune into that. And then you miss the game you were on. But uh, right. yeah, it's, it's, if there's it's any fun. time to watch Darius Garland, it's during Christmas. <laughs> yes, that's this right. is the only time. I'm supposed to go look at... Uh, Christmas decorations, Christmas lights tonight, because, you know, I mean, oh, it yeah. is Christmas week, doing the the annual traditions. Uh, Laura's uh, mapping out the schedule. She's like, hey, Wednesday, uh, you guys want to go look at lights? I was like, yeah, sure. Let me just check the schedule here. Oh, oh wait, sorry. Bulls, Hawks, 8 o'clock. Are those the sights you wanted to see? You want to see Trey Young and Zach Levine going head to head? I know the girls love seeing stars. There's two all-stars oh, for you, right yes. there. <laughs> nice spin there. Uh, well, at least it gets dark enough early. You could probably <laughs> right. slip right. that in there before the games. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll get to tonight's pick uh, We forgot to do it, of course, yesterday. Tess wasn't on the show either, so we just forgot. Uh, but don't worry, we'll get back into that where we... Uh, pay it off whoever comes in last for the month um although i'm sure we'll take this one maybe into january we'll talk about it in a second but first jd oh baby you get the first tweet of the night mm, tweet of the night wow twitter what do you got jd uh-oh. Oh, here I am. Here Jesus, I am. Here. Jesus I unmuted Christ. myself, and then, oh, it's the first show back. It's like uh, the first day back at school. Anyway, tweet of the night. Uh, we actually have to put a little pin in it because I think we have an old-fashioned beef brewing over here. Mm. So off the top of the show, we played uh, the new track from Young Santa. 
And Freaky Reindeer. Mary reindeer X, Freak. X, X, reindeer no, Freak. I'm sorry. Freak. Reindeer yeah. Freak. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways. Uh, Merry, Merry uh, Xmas to your mom. And it was pure fire. Everyone was loving it. Uh, <laughs> but there were a couple of comments in the chat that I noticed from a guy called Abstinence Elf. And he actually seemed pretty pissed. And I grabbed a couple of them and I wanted to sort of share them here. Outrageous. This is oh. while it was playing. Outrageous. Okay. Right? Yep. Okay. Shame on you, young Santa. Shame on you, freaky Randy. <laughs> why? Okay. Why? Man. Okay. Yeah. Well, the elf is I upset. Just spoke with mother. She's beside herself. <laughs> I've never seen her so upset. So I think he was. Think you were talking about his mother specifically. Well, yeah, I made her come twice. Yeah. This shall not stand. Diss track coming. Wow. Okay. okay then. So then at ten forty. <laughs> diss track complete. I just emailed it to you. Play it, you cowards. Holy crap. This guy works fast. So sure enough, I, I checked our email. And yeah, we got it. There's a track in there. So I'm going to play it. Play it. So here it comes. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is going out to young Santa and freaky reindeer. Ugh. I'm abstinent self. And I must take exception to the slander you spat in my mother's direction. She's a wonderful woman. The best kind of though. She taught me that it's naughty to be touching myself. Keep your lascivious lyrics, your drugs and your twerks. Cause I'm here to tell y'all abstinence works. No one gets pregnant. You can't get disease. Best part of my week is the occasional sneeze. You know what? I'm sorry. Didn't mean to be scorny. To tell you the truth, I am so very horny. When the wind blows, I find I'm inflamed. And when I meet a woman, I ain't got no game. I'm not a cool elf like Legolas or Thandral. Even Buddy the Elf got that lady from New Girl. I get less action than an elf on a shelf. If I had the balls, I'd castrate myself. Wow, is it me? Or did this just get dark? This was meant to be funny. A jape or a lark. I'll see myself out, but I'll leave you with this. Merry Christmas, you fucks. And now you are dissed. It's pretty good, actually. I, I don't mind it. Wow. I liked it. That guy's oh good. God. Okay, that was a bit of a surprise to us. That was well done, Abstinence Elf. Oh my God! I'm in tears over here, JD. Oh, the JD, you know, you know, Skeechy sent me the uh, message in Slack saying I've got tweet of the night. So I was like, fine. And then about seven thirty, I think it was last night, I get a message from JD. Hey, do you mind if I do tweet of the night? I'm like, sure. I, I mean, thought that was a little weird. Yeah, I have to admit, yeah. I didn't know what you were doing, but I'm like, why does yeah. JD want tweet? I was night? like, I was like, what tweet has happened? That JD must have it in the show. So I was just like, yeah. Uh, go JD. for it go incredible for it. incredible work with that and what you did obviously with young santa and reindeer freak oh man the tradition lives that's what i'm uh, so happy man. about okay tonight were you on the were, yeah Pick okay em. all right were you on your knees the first shot <laughs> yeah yeah i had jackson shoot it and it was i was trying to look short basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. um that was that our old uh costume too yep. did you keep mm-hmm. that wow yeah, we got everything upstairs. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so good. Hey, JD, here's the, here's the biggest compliment. Some of those, uh, the, the photos you put up, it reminded me of the break on the score. Oh, thank <laughs> you, Dad. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, just Shout out to Renee. <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing. Okay, so tonight's 
Hickam so Game Test. As I said, 13 games. Featured 13 games. Oh what God. are we going to do? Get up your split screen. Get a Haralibos Vulgaris setup where you're watching six games at a time. I know I sound like an old head going to bed. Everybody angry in the tweet stream. Are you going to bed? Yeah, I'm not Darius Garland. I'm Winston Garland. I'm old. Uh, listen, uh, you can watch games in the morning. No big deal. You can watch them faster. Anyway, shout out to Glenn Sheeler. Nice, Rodney. Okay, uh, 13 <laughs> games tonight. I'm going with uh, a game that's very tight line. It's on ESPN. It's at the end of the night. Am I going to be able to stay up? Who knows? It's uh, 1030 Eastern. Dallas going to Phoenix. These two teams definitely in the in the Western Conference playoff mix. I'm expecting uh, Dallas to be up there. Uh, if Phoenix wants to make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat teams like Dallas. It's a one and a half point line for Phoenix. They're favored. So it's basically a coin flip. Uh, Phoenix at home again with Chris Paul first game. I am uh, I'm taking Phoenix. I'm jumping out uh, on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon up against Luka and the best offense from last year. This is difficult, I just realized, uh, with the Pick'em games, because there is no home court advantage. I mean, I guess mm. you're you're in your own arena, and you got the sight lines and blah, 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 and you're sleeping in your own bed. But, I mean, how much of an impact will no fans be in, in these games? That's sort of tough for me to decide. I don't know, Lee, you got a feeling? You like the Suns or you like the Mavs? Yeah, I mean, it's a one-point line. I think just the Suns, I think they're just going to be a little bit healthier, I think, without Porzingis as well for the Mavericks. There's a lot on Luca's shoulder. He can handle it, of course. But in a line like this, I'm just going to go with the Suns. I think Chris Paul uh, is going to get his team over the line by one field goal. Okay. <laughs> Two Suns picks. Trey, how about it? Uh, Suns were 8-0 in the bubble. They're used to playing in front of no fans. Gimme Phoenix as well. Strange wow. thing about Phoenix, they're a bad team at home last season. They're mm. one of those teams. But uh, I don't know. I feel like Chris Paul is not going to let them. Let them lose at home. This is difficult. Man, this is difficult because who is the better team here? The, the no KP really hurts. Man, if For KP sure. was there, I'd be very intrigued with this Dallas line. But sorry, guys. going to start this one boring. I'm also going Phoenix. I think the Suns win tonight. Um, sorry. All got Phoenix. It's not exciting to start with, but you can all make fun of us if Dallas wins tonight. All right, let's call it there. Fun, you know, what we're calling really a first show here as we recap the uh, big games and the big storylines. We'll have so much to talk about on tomorrow's show. We'll be leading with Darius Garland, no matter what. No matter what he does uh, tonight. There's actually some some sort of maybe potential breaking news here. James Harden is apparently, there's a video going around of him being maskless at a strip bar uh, in a couple of days ago. So <laughs> Wait, the, that's news? Well, the league is investigating because he, he won't be able to play if uh, if that true. was true. So uh, that, oh we could be talking about the Rockets and James Harden. <laughs> they play the Thunder tonight. So Oh, my God. That's uh, going to be potentially uh, something to look for there. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I saw that tweet from, from ESPN's Tim McMahon that they were investigating that, I thought it was the old strip club footage, like old, like two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. But apparently it's from this weekend. Um, mm. So there we go. Here we go. Here are the drama <laughs> of the NBA season already in full swing. Okay, so we'll be back tomorrow to uh, recap uh, as many of tonight's games and strip club ventures as possible. So join us then. Make sure you subscribe to us on No Dunks. Subscribe wherever you listen to No Dunks Podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. Go get your merch, nodunks.com. And, uh, yeah, we're going to make sure we get those videos up as well, Young Santa and the Reindeer Freak. And now we got to put up uh, the diss track 
from Abstinence Elf. Uh, we'll have to get that up on our YouTube channel as well. There's so, just a whole world of rappers up at the North Pole dropping yeah. tracks 24-7. Yeah. That's what they do the other 11 months of the year. In December, they make <laughs> the toys. The other 11 months, they're making raps. All right, we will be back on Thursday, which is December 24th. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, check out the YouTube. You want to watch those rap videos, don't you? Embrace the day, people. You could stay.